The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome back to the intro to Mindfulness Meditation course. Uh, this is the sixth uh, day, sixth class of nine. And um, last week, the idea was to lay down, always laying down a foundation for practice. And, um, and it's nice to think of that that's all we do is to put down the foundation. Um, and the idea behind this idea that all we're doing is putting down the foundation for practice is that uh, we're creating the conditions by which um, what uh, the, the, the Dharma, what's healthy, uh, can unfold. It's like we're making space for a natural movement towards health, a natural movement towards becoming more peaceful or less in conflict with things, less fragmented in our lives, less caught up in our, our inner difficulties, so we can see everything more clearly. And so rather than the practice being that we're responsible to make something happen and we're in the forefront of kind of figuring out and trying to get concentrated, trying to um, uh, be more mindful. And as if we're responsible for the practice, uh, we are responsible, but we're responsible not so much for the outcome of practice. We're responsible for offering to the practice the foundation. And so uh, uh, in this idea of the practice is like a pyramid or a mountain, um, the, the first foundation is the body, to connect to your body, uh, breathe with your body. Uh, and this is a, just being, being grounded in your body, being centered in your body, familiar with what's going on in your body, relaxing your body, creates a basis, a foundation upon which uh, we can begin to be more aware and see more clearly what's here. With that foundation... Uh, we also then open up to uh, the experience of our emotional life. It's an important part of life. And we want to see it and know it and make room for it in a meditative way, which means that we want to be present for it, but not entangled with it, with it not wrapped up in it, not reactive to it, not uh, actively feeding it or participating in it but to kind of see it clearly, feel it clearly, the emotional life, so that it can be a foundation, so it can be a support or allow the deeper support of meditation to support us rather than we being the one who's doing it. And this support of the body and, the, and our emotions, to know how to rest in it and be aware of it, is a foundation for becoming aware of thinking. Thinking is an important part of human life, and meditation is not supposed, not meant to be uh, in conflict with thinking or to be an enemy, you know, see thinking as an enemy or as a problem. But thinking is certainly something that gets us into trouble when we get pulled into its world or if we believe every thought we have and we follow it along. And um, the, uh, So the idea is not to make thinking be in conflict with thinking, but we want to bring a meditative awareness to our thinking, to hold it in this deeper foundation. So if we learn how to be in touch with our body and regularly checking in with our body, with our breathing, in touch with our emotional life, then on top of this pyramid or this mountain of practice 
comes the smaller part on top, which is thinking. And this proportionality of a mountain or a pyramid where thinking is, you know, near the top, it's just a small seg segment of the whole mass, uh, gives thinking a certain important place, so it feels like it's important, it's on top, but it's not, you know, the majority of who we are as a human being. Thinking is a small part of who we are, it's an important part, but there's a lot more of who we are that's left out when we get caught up or lost in our thoughts and rumination and all these things. So to... Um, uh, so that's why I like to teach this course, uh, beginning with breathing, beginning with the body and then emotions. And then now it's time to talk about thinking. And to uh, begin this, I'd like to do a very short meditation together. Uh, so short, you might not want to change your posture, just be the way you are. And I'll start with something that uh, we've already done together. So we just close your eyes and maybe take uh, one deep breath and relax as you exhale. And then breathe normally and uh, take the three breath journey. Just stay with three breaths and count one to three as you go through those three breaths, feeling them, experiencing your breathing. And then, with your eyes still closed, do the same with your thinking. Count three distinct thoughts that you have. Just, you know, count them and then wait for the next one to come and count two and wait for the next one to come and count three. But clearly step back and count three thoughts in a row. And then you can open your eyes. So the three thought exercise I call the three thought journey. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes to step back and, and watch or observe your thinking in the way that is needed in order to count three distinct thoughts that you have, or it's, it's one basic theme of what you're thinking, maybe three different parts of it. There are three different, you know, little paragraphs of it or sentences or something but to, oh there's that one two three and uh, this can create very quickly um, a little bit more space a little bit more distance or a little bit more of uh, freedom from being pulled into the world of thinking or being swept up in it and involved in it um, to have this very different relationship to our thinking that comes with just counting it three times. Um, <clears throat> so if you find yourself caught up in thought and sitting down to meditate, you might try doing first a three breath journey just to kind of maybe that settles you a little bit and 
kind of changes the inner atmosphere a little, the inner ecology just enough that then you're in a better place to do the three thought journey. Just to count, not to condemn any thought or criticize them or, or validate any thought, just to see clearly, oh, it's thinking. So one of the things that begins to change with mindfulness is how we relate to our thinking, uh, how we think about thinking, how we, our attitude about thinking. Some people are so enmeshed in their thinking that it's almost like, I think, therefore I am. Uh, I am my thinking. Every thought some people have is believable, has a, comes with authority, seems important. And uh, very strongly identified, we can be very strongly identified with it, uh, caught in it, involved in it. And, um, and with meditation, as I said earlier, we're not condemning thinking, but we're changing our relationship to it. So that uh, rather than believing it or thinking those thoughts, that's who I am, we're just stepping back and observing, oh, here's thinking. This is thinking. Wow, I'm thinking. And, um, and to, you can use mental notes. Some people who normally don't use the mental noting that I've been teaching here will reserve it for thinking because there's something about naming a thought that somehow takes some little bit the power away from it or a little bit the, the way that we're invested in it. Oh, that's thinking. This is thinking, or that. I like the, I like the phrase that that is thinking, uh, because it's a little bit more stepping back and observing it, and rather than being in it. And um, and then just you know, just allow it to be there, let it go by. One of the really wonderful uh, instructions I got around thinking. I might have mentioned this the other day. Is uh, a Zen teaching not inherent in Zen, but that's where I learned it. Um, don't be bothered by your thinking. And the meditative awareness of thinking, can it, you know you're there, you have that kind of meditative, mindful awareness of thinking. If you're not bothered by it, you're not in conflict with it, and uh, it doesn't agitate you, no matter how often you go off in thought, oh, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking. Um, <clears throat> So, um, so um, let's do a meditation together, and uh, I'll include in this a little bit of guidance around mindfulness of thinking. So now, if you would take a meditative posture, and uh, some posture that you consider would support you for being present with your experience, your present moment experience. And in taking this posture, you might take a few moments to adjust the posture a little bit, small adjustments, both to make the body a little bit more comfortable and alert, but also as a mindfulness exercise in itself, that you're beginning to direct your attention 
to your body as you make these small adjustments. And then letting your body be still. Perhaps there's a way of making the body feel the stillness or quietude of just being here. And gently taking a few long, slow, deep breaths. Breathing in and then exhaling a little bit longer than you normally would, just to complete the sense of letting go. A little longer exhale that comes not from forcing the breath out, but relaxing or releasing a little bit at the end of the exhale. So then, letting your breathing return to normal. And with the idea that the body is a foundation, to allow the body to be the foundation for you to be aware, you might take a few moments to relax your body, relax some of the major muscles and holding patterns in the body. Maybe a softening of the face. Maybe relaxing of the shoulders. Maybe as you exhale, softening of the rib cage. And perhaps a softening of the belly. And especially if you're sitting cross-legged where the body takes roughly the shape of a mountain or a triangle. But any way that you are, see if you can feel a sense of stability or groundedness in your body. Any way in which the substance and weight of your body helps you to feel rooted, connected here and now.
And then within your body, as part of your bodily experience, become aware of how the body experiences breathing. And perhaps each time you exhale, you can let go of your thinking. Or if you can't let go of it, each time you exhale, let the thinking mind become quieter, softer. And as you exhale and let go of your thinking, soften your thinking, let go into the breathing. Let go into the quietness or the quieter state so that you're quiet as you're aware of the inhale. Letting go during the exhale and having a quiet awareness of the inhale. Not trying too hard, just gentle. An important part of meditation is to avoid any idea that you're not doing it right. It's possible to also avoid any idea you're doing it wrong. No wrong, no right. Just here.
And while you're here with your breathing, if there are body sensations that are more compelling, bring a meditative awareness to that part of your body. A mindful awareness that recognizes what's happening. Maybe has uses a mental note. Where what's emphasized is a simple recognition, awareness, rather than thinking and reacting to the body sensations. And after doing that for a little while, you you can either continue focusing on the body sensations, or you can always try to come back again to your breathing. And then for the little exercise, you can now let go of focusing on your breathing. And instead, allow yourself to be completely mindful of thinking. For this exercise, you're allowed to think whatever your mind thinks. But while you're thinking, to clearly recognize that you're thinking. And you might want to use a simple mental note that supports that recognition. And it could be as simple as saying to yourself, thinking. Allow yourself to think, but clearly recognize it, like you're looking, thinking right in the eye and saying, I see you. This is thinking. And if the thinking becomes quiet this way, then return to your breathing until thinking starts again. And then calmly begin recognizing thinking.
And as you're looking at your thinking, recognizing yourself thinking, you might notice, do you think more in words or more in images? And if you speak in words, is there a location for the loudspeaker that says the words? If they feel like more like being spoken or some, if they're more like w words on a page, is there a place where that page is? And if you think more in images, is there a place where those images are projected? So as you recognize yourself thinking, see if you can recognize also as part of that, if there is a location general location, it might help you to see it more clearly if you see it in the location. And if there's a location for your thinking, then it could also be clear that thinking is only a particular part of the whole. It's not everything. And it might be helpful to be more specific with your mental note. If it's words, say words instead of thinking. If it's images, it might be images.
And then as you're being mindful of thinking, continuing to allow yourself to think, if you are quiet, you can go back to your breathing. And when thinking returns, be content and happy that now you can do the exercise to just look upon your thinking and notice what is your relationship to thinking. Do you have an attitude about it? Do you have a more positive attitude or more negative? More are you more leaning into your thoughts or pulling away? Are your thoughts your friend? Are you friendly towards your thoughts or do you see them as the enemy? And then what changes in how you relate to thinking? If you add the word just in front of the label thinking, as you observe and aware of yourself thinking, call it just thinking. It's just a thought. And as you say, just thinking, is there any way you can become aware also of a tendency to be involved in thinking? To react or participate in your thinking, get involved. A new thought comes up and you can feel you lean into it or get pulled into it. You pick it up. And then to return to your breathing now, you can let go of 
focusing on thinking. And let yourself settle onto your breathing again. Maybe every exhale, letting go into breathing. Perhaps thinking of breathing and the body as a foundation upon which to rest awareness. And then to end this sitting, to take a few deeper breaths, letting go more fully as you exhale, feeling your body, feeling your body against your cushion, your chair, the floor, Remembering that you're where you are. And then when you hear the bell, three bells, at the end of the third bell, you can open your eye. So that meditation session was an exercise with, a, may, for some of you, maybe a lot of new information or new kind of exploration of your inner landscape, exploration of your mind and your thinking. So if that stirred you up or that gave you a lot to think about, or um, that's quite understandable if it's all new. And... Um, and it can be quite useful to start understanding aspects of thinking, our relationship to it. Um, it kind of creates, it begins to create more capacity to see and be mindful the more we see that's there rather than generalizing or being abstract about it or vague about what's happening. So if some of what came up was news to you and just uh, now maybe you have to digest it or be with it and maybe go for a walk or do something just to kind of uh, kind of 
digest what what happened. But I, I want to follow up this with um, making a distinction uh, between uh, the activity of thinking and, so, and a, a, a word that I've coined. It's a not a normal English word, but in, in contrast to thinking, there is thoughting, the activity of the mind having a thought. The mind is a thought machine. It kind of that's what it does. It often, much of the time, will produce thoughts, ideas, imageries, memories, um, perceptions of things, ideas of what's there. It produces all kinds of cognitive movements of the mind of knowing something. And uh, with our involvement with it, we then uh, create associations to the thoughts that come up. We tie an individual thought into the next thought, or we uh, get involved with that thought, or we think of that we act, we react to that thought, we pick up that thought. And so, uh, if uh, I say the word um, lunch, then some of you will start thinking thoughts about lunch. You kind of um, you might hear the word lunch, and the thought lunch appears in your mind, and then um, that's a, that's a thought. And then you start planning your menu for lunch. And now you're thinking. And this distinction uh, helps us to see that thoughting is just what the mind does. Just the thoughts can be created. But thinking is our involvement with them. And the involvement with thinking can be multifaceted and, um, and can create uh, all kinds of different... We can experience our thinking very differently if we're involved. Some thoughts can be very strong and very substantial because we're really invested in it. And some thoughts that arise, uh, there's no investment, we're just kind of very relaxed, and they just float up and float away, and everything in between. None of, none of, there's no, none of this is wrong, but what we're doing in mindfulness practice is trying to see what is, to be mindful of what's actually happening and getting a little bit more uh, sense of the landscape, the ecology of thinking, can help us to observe thinking rather than getting lost in it and caught in it. So this idea of getting caught in thoughts or being picking them up or entering into the world of a thought, uh, I'd like to exemplify with um, an analogy, which I might have used last week. Uh, so please forgive me if I did. So imagine that um, you've gone on a nice hike in the countryside and it's been a wonderful day and, and, um, and you come to a nice tree on the edge of a, of a beautiful little river going by and you have a lunch, maybe you take a little nap, you wake up so refreshed and so content and so feeling like everything is good right now and for these minutes that you're there, nothing's needed and it's just such a nice thing to just... Uh, be present in a very alive, clear, relaxed way, and just watch the river go by, the waves, the current flows by, and you find yourself kind of a little bit happily absorbed and just watching the ripples of the water as it goes by. And everything is good. And then there comes down the river a big New Orleans showboat, a big boat with banners and bands and dancing and and all kinds of uh, wonderful music coming off the boat. And you watch this boat coming down to pass you by on the river. 
And the next thing you're aware of, you're on the boat. And you're involved with all the activity of the boat. But the next thing you're aware, you're on the boat, but you're aware two weeks later, um, you just got so absorbed in the boat, you found your, you didn't even notice that you climbed onto the boat, that you were in the boat and involved in the boat. You're so involved. And then two weeks later, you say, wait a minute, how did I get on the boat? You get off the boat, you make your way back up the river, eventually get to that tree, and you're sitting there again. And everything's going well, you're happy to sit there. And the next boat that comes down is a big war boat, fighting the great war, the just war, guns blasting. And, um, and the next thing you know, you're on the boat, fighting the great war, fighting for justice, fighting for whatever. And, um, and it takes you even longer to understand, wait a minute, how did I get on the boat? I was at that tree. So you get off the boat, you get back to your tree. The next boat that goes down is a very uh, uh, old, decrepit raft that's almost barely floating on the water. And it just feels so sorry for it. It's like, oh, it's about to sink. And, and, um, and you're watching it go by. And the next thing you know, you're on that boat. Poor me, it's so hard. And you spend, you know, long time on that boat until you realize you're on the boat and then you get off and you come back and you go to the tree and sit there rest and watch the river so in the same way our thoughts that arise can be like boats and it's possible just to watch the boats go by and just see it as a boat it's a boat it's a thought thinking or we can get on the boat and we can be uh, involved in that boat and lost and not really present, not really clearly cognizant of what's happening because we're so involved in the ins and outs of our thoughts and the fantasies and the memories and the uh, images of the future or whatever it might be that, um, that we're, you know, we're, we're kind of on the boat. This analogy is not supposed to say that it's wrong to think and wrong to have the boats go by. But it's a whole different thing if we can just stay grounded in ourselves, stay cognizant of what's happening, and then watch the boats go by. It doesn't mean that we never get on a boat or never get involved in some thoughts, but um, we have a much more choice about what we do if we have the ability to step back and just notice it and see, if, see it, oh, just a thought, just a thought is happening. This is especially useful in meditation in meditation, there's not very little you actually need to think about. Like 99% probably of what you're thinking about in meditation, for the purposes of meditation, is not really needed. And so it's fine to let go of it. You can pick it up later, after the meditation. It's okay just to let the boats go by and develop that capacity just to observe, just to watch. This is thinking. This is thinking. And... Um, I thought about maybe of redoing the analogy and I think and using it for just sitting and watching your screen on your device and um, and kind of scrolling through websites. And then soon enough you can find a website and you don't know how long you spent on the website. You were lost in that website until you pulled out and until the next interesting website came along and you got pulled into that universe. But um, I think it's, I like prefer the imagery of just sitting back on a tree and just watching things go by. So um, 
the um, so the basic idea, the instructions around thinking for mindfulness meditation um, is is to stay as the default mindfulness of breathing. It's like the anchor or the home base where we're training ourselves to be centered here, to be focused, to be mindful of something that's recurring and simple and always in the present moment. At the moment that, uh, but if thinking becomes predominant and we keep getting pulled away over and over again, then the instructions are to just be mindful of thinking. Take a few moments to recognize your thinking Sometimes it's enough to just name it a few times, thinking, thinking, and then come back to the breathing. Sometimes it needs more attention than just a few moments. And it's fine to keep a lot of attention to exploring and being mindful and just keep saying, just thinking, thinking. Sometimes it's useful to be a little bit more specific about the label, the name, because it's clear recognition if we say, if we recognize the planning thoughts as planning planning, or uh, memory thoughts as remembering, remembering, or fantasy as fantasy. Sometimes as the note is more specific and to the point, it's easier to get a little bit of uh, freedom from the thinking and just to watch it go by or not be so involved. And, um, and then come back to the breathing and uh, let go into the breathing again. If the thinking is really compelling or you keep getting pulled into your thinking, then the idea is to spend a little bit more time focusing on thinking and uh, just noticing what's going on. And one of the most useful things to notice when there's a lot of thinking is what emotion is associated with that thinking. What emotion seems to support it or is feeding it or is underlying uh, and chances are the stronger the thinking, the more involved we are with we are thinking, there will be some emotional uh, emotion that underlies it, that's part of it. And, uh, and I think of sometimes the emotion that's underlying a, a thought to be like the factory that keeps producing it. And if uh, all you do is let go of the thought, but don't attend to the factory, the factory will keep pumping out more and more thoughts. And, um, but if you can attend to the emotion, that's really what you know, probably needs more attention. It's kind of what needs you is to be recognized and, and be felt and cared for. It's almost like the emotion is, um, yeah, so it's, it's the, you know, it's created, it has a flag. It says, hey, you, over here, pay attention over here. But then when you pay attention to the flag, not what's holding the flag. So not to give so much credence and importance to the thoughts, but rather to give importance what's happening in a deeper level here when we're having this. So for example, if there's a lot of planning thoughts, uh, the chances are that more often than not, that there is some kind of fear, anxiety, apprehension around those planning thoughts. Sometimes it's more of a delightful anticipation that's underneath it. But whatever it is underneath it or the, the energy or the emotion behind it, if you can bring your attention to that and not let that be subconscious or not noticed, then uh, something begins, the more freedom can happen. We're less likely to get involved in the thinking 
and just stay in the present moment of what's going on. If there's a lot of memory, there can be a lot of emotions behind memories and thinking about the past. Uh, but for example, it could be anger or resentment at what happened before. And what needs our attention is the anger or the resentment, not necessarily repeating and reviewing the story of what happened and coming up with a better uh, response to what was said in the conversation yesterday, um, but to just really feel the anger. And, and so in this way, this is one of the reasons why mindfulness of emotions is important to uh, teach first before mindfulness of thinking. Because sometimes to really find our freedom with thinking, we have to kind of drop down to this deeper foundation uh, from which thinking is emerging and coming. So um, to, um, um, so if thoughts are relatively light and we get pulled off in a kind of light way with thinking and um, they don't really have a big pull, it's fine just to let go of them and come back on the breathing to keep cultivating stability with the breathing. If um, the thoughts are stronger, then uh, turn towards them and just recognize that they're there. Give them permission to be there in the sense that don't try to let go of them too quickly anymore. But take your time. Just recognize thinking. That's what's happening now. Maybe be a little bit specific in terms of calling it planning, remembering, fantasy, something like that. Just whatever is obvious. And then uh, if that's enough to settle, settle them so you're not pulled into their orbit so strongly anymore and you can stay with your breathing, then go back to your breathing. If thinking is really compelling and you really can't you know, let go of it or you keep being pulled into it or you let go of it and you immediately go back to it over and over again, then you want to take your time with thinking, mindfulness of thinking. Just really turn towards it and as if you're in here for the long term, just really, it's not a problem, you're not bothered by it, but this becomes now the object of mindfulness, uh, mindfulness practice. Um, you're going to meditate, the object of meditation will be you yourself thinking. And, uh, and then you might do some of the things I, we did in the exercise. You might notice if there's a location for your thinking, for the voice that speaks or for the projector that's projecting or the screen in which it appears. Sometimes having a specific location makes it a little bit more, I don't know if tangible is the right word, but a little bit more clear of oh, this is thinking as opposed to kind of amorphously being involved with it and, and having it kind of, you know, spread and suffuse into ourselves. And then you might also look at uh, what's the emotion underlying it. The stronger the thinking, the more likely there's an emotion underlying it. And you might consider it's the emotion, the emotion that needs you more than the thoughts. And one of the reasons, uh, one of the things to be careful for with this relationship between thinking and emotions is that if we keep staying involved in spinning the thoughts or the stories or reviewing, ruminating, it tends to feed the emotion. An emotion which is not paid attention, to, uh, not attended to, tends to feed more thinking. And there's a wonderful, I don't know if wonderful, but kind of reciprocal feeding of each other between stories and thinking. And um, they say, that psychologists say, one of the leading causes of depression is rumination, rumin, rumin, um, thinking and thinking over and over and over the same thoughts. And 
if those thoughts are depressing thoughts, you know, and like we're very critical of ourselves all the time, nonstop, then that supports, the, you know, depression. And so as mindfulness of thinking is beginning to separate out the emotions from the thoughts, beginning to create space, beginning to not have the thoughts that we have be the primary influence on our mood and how we are, but beginning to see thinking as just thinking. That's a thought, that's a thought there, and I'm here. Whatever thought you're having is only a small piece of the big picture of who you are. And to begin getting a sense there's much more here beyond the edges of your thoughts. And chances are, if you do this for a while, you'll discover that not only is there much more here than what's beyond the edges of your thoughts, if you're no longer defined by your thoughts, chances are you'll discover there's a lot more goodness here, that you have much more goodness, that there's actually beauty inside of you and something of value and importance here that can't be seen sometimes if we're really on the boat of thinking, thinking all the time. We, have, we are good people at the, at the center, at the core. And sometimes we just have to kind of get a little handle and separation from our constant thinking to feel this goodness that's within us. So for now, um, I would encourage you to sometime before our session tomorrow to spend 20 minutes or if you're comfortable enough now to expand it a little bit longer, to try 25 or 30 minutes of meditation and to begin to uh, be mindful of thinking as well whenever that becomes compelling or strong. And as you go through your daily life over the next day, you might look for opportunities to check in, to notice your thinking, notice you are thinking, to recognize that's happening, the quality of your thinking, the character of your thinking, your relationship to thinking. And you might try the three-thought journey a few times through the day, maybe every hour on the hour, and just, you know, count three thoughts and see what happens. And see if this kind of little bit study and curiosity about how thinking works in your life uh, through this next 24 hours, uh, maybe um, begins shifting your relationship to thoughts and the relationship of thinking to you, that it creates a little bit more um, health, a little bit more peace, a little bit more uh, independence and freedom. May you become free of the influence of your thinking so that you can think more wisely and, and better. So I hope that this is helpful, and uh, tomorrow we'll continue a little bit more with exploration of thinking. If anything I said today seemed complicated and too much, then uh, don't worry about it. Maybe forget that and drop that, or listen to this recording again if it's helpful for you. Um, There's a, a very important principle about mindfulness, and that is if it's not simple, it's not mindfulness. So if it seems like what I said today was too much to remember and you're trying to figure it out, um, you know, it's really enough just to go back to your breathing and make that the primary focus of attention. And then as it becomes really obvious that something else is needed attention, 
then maybe you'll remember some of the things I said, and you can just um, bring, uh, you know, some mindfulness to it then. Um, so I hope you enjoy your thinking. I hope that you uh, have a friendly relationships to your thoughts and, and learn to offer kindness to whatever you're, to yourself as you think, and that this next 24 hours is a uh, useful, nice time for you, and I look forward to our time tomorrow. Thank you very much.